Welcome back to another Gentleman's Briefly. Uh, you know, the episodes where we kind of do a shorter frame, kind of talk about different topics. Uh, today, oh, I got to introduce myself. My name is Jordan, and today I am joined by two other people who are also co-hosts of the podcast. Who are you guys? <laughs> My name is Brandon. And I am Spencer. So, in honor of Black History Month, if you've been listening, we've kind of gone through some different uh, Black categories that we feel uh, are necessary to talk about. In today's section, we kind of broke it down to three separate categories. Um, the first one is Brandon. He will talk about Black wrestlers. Uh, Spencer will talk about Black people uh, in sitcoms, but specifically Black people in non-Black sitcoms. And for me, I will talk about Black characters in comic books. So keeping with that same order, Brandon, what's your number one? This was tough. Um, a lot of great Black wrestlers, but I, I'm going to start off with my boy, D'Lo Brown. D'Lo right. Brown was amazing in the ring. He had the head nod when he came out with his entrance. Uh, he was in the middle of the Attitude Era. Um, he was really a part of some really cool groups. He was, um, I mean, just a, a game changer, honestly, as far as black wrestling. Because in WWE, there wasn't a ton of black wrestlers. And for D'Lo Brown to be one of the few ones and to also hold the European title a few times, like was a tag team champion, was a, was a very well-known name in the 90s and the early 2000s. He even had a comeback in like the mid-2000s, was like older, but was still doing everything. So he was like, he was one of those like light heavyweights, middleweights where he could, you know, do the power moves as far as wrestling moves, but then also could jump, go from the top rope, could also, you know, springboard, things of that nature. Um, and just culturally, I think he was just was really cool for the culture, right? Like he he definitely didn't shy away from being black, but he also didn't, you know, how WWE do sometimes. Uh, you yeah, black, so he, they'll just yeah. He didn't get wrapped up into the like egregious stereotypes. Exactly, exactly. Because when I think um, of like crime time, yeah, exactly. Like shit like no. that was just awful. Like that should never have happened. He was and in the he, nation. He was in the nation, and one thing great about the nation is the nation made sense. Yep. Nation was four to five black men, Mark Henry, The Rock, uh, Farouk. Um, Godfather. The Godfather. Like all damn near hall, pretty much Hall of Famers, right? And they were a nation of black black dudes, a faction of black men, you know what I mean, who were, you know, radical. Like they were on some, and it made perfect sense, right? It wasn't on no gangster stuff. It wasn't any of that, you know what I mean? Where some of these are like, geez. Um, so yeah, D'Lo Brown, man, just a really good character. Um, he's actually doing really good stuff on the behind the scenes and like helping the new generation and Ring of Honor and things of that nature. So yeah, that's my first pick, D'Lo Brown. For me, in the early games, uh, D'Lo Brown was often whose theme music I would choose yeah. uh, whenever I was creating a character. Yeah, because he he was the option I had. Right, you know, wasn't like because that was. I mean, there were some really good theme songs then, but that was before they started getting like really good and like yeah. having words in them and stuff. But right. yeah, like D'Lo Brown in like WrestleMania 2000 ish. Oh like, yeah, that time yeah. Period. He was big on that one, yo. Yep. Yeah, the D'Lo's. This is actually one of the wrestlers I do know because kind of like say came out the attitude, so I knew a lot of wrestlers back then. Yeah. Um, so I happily report that I do know this guy. Uh, yeah. Lately, I've been seeing him in like. 
him being used in like naughty memes. Uh, oh, because <laughs> you know how, like you know how he would walk out. So yeah, he yeah, would be yeah. like, um, oh, your wife waiting for you in the bedroom, and you walk in, you walk in like D'Lo Brown. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's so funny. And uh, if you see D'Lo Brown walk in, you'll know why that's funny. Yeah, like YouTube is interesting and it is hilarious. He's the man. Uh, yeah, Ring Gear wasn't the best. Ring Gear was kind of basic, but back yeah. then it wasn't as much investment in that stuff. So he was also an intercontinental champion. Like, dude, dude racked up the, he was really good in the mid card. Like, especially when you got, you know, in the main event card, you got Taker, you got, Triple H, you got Stone Cold, you know what I mean? You got to have some really good mid-card guys, and he was one of those. So, D'Lo Brown. Yeah, I like D'Lo Brown. Um, So, as Jordan said, I will be looking at black characters in sitcoms that are not black sitcoms. So, these are sitcoms that are not considered black shows, like the main character is not black or the show does not focus around a group of black people or an individual black person. So, for the first one, uh I went with who I think is the best. I if you've heard me talk about Already it, you know. know that Brooklyn Nine-Nine is Already my know. favorite sitcom. <laughs> and so today I'm here to talk briefly about Raymond Holt. Captain Raymond Holt uh of the 99th precinct he's so good he's one of the best characters i've ever seen in anything he is uh he's had to fight a lot of nonsense because not only is he black but he's also gay and being black and openly gay in the police department um and he's older so like back when he started was some mess but of course now he's the captain and he he runs a tight ship, but also trusts his people to do what they need to do. And the way he talks, the way he is, is just hilarious. He sometimes doesn't understand sarcasm, but also uses it very well. Um, he is super serious all the time, but all of his friends think he's hilarious. <laughs> and the way that he talks to Wunch is some of the greatest comedy I've ever seen. Just to drop a few of his gems. Um, because he and uh, Wunch hated each other. So they would always come after each other. And so there was one where uh, he was arguing with her and there were people watching. And she said, um, I see you got an audience for your little stunt. And he said, yes, well, who wouldn't want to see a man fight a crocodile? <laughs> hmm. Came like he was coming after her it was so great like there was one time she walked in and he was like uh lunch you've aged <laughs> like just just coming after her it's so funny um there there are, of course there are more but you know like she would say hello raymond how do you like your new office up here on the 20th floor and he would say, uh, it's fine. I've never seen you so high without a broom under you. <laughs> I remember that. That was good. <laughs> I, think, I think everybody knew this character was going to be on Spencer's list. Yeah, yeah, because he's one of my favorite characters, period. And right. so, yes, you knew that I was going to open up with uh, Captain Holt because he's hilarious. Um, the way he interacts with his husband, Kevin, hilarious. 
Like it's just it's so stupid, and I love it. Just <laughs> watch Brooklyn Nine Nine. I highly recommend everyone everywhere watch Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, I agree. Okay. I agree on that, Jordan. So. I mean, for this one, I know Brandon likes to say this word. I'm on my agenda. And this one, I'm doing comic book characters. And if you know me, you know how hard it was not to be super biased. Oh, God. But I tried. I tried my best. But two of these characters, I'm sorry. So start things off. I mean, I have to go with probably the most iconic Black female character out there ever. And I mean, it's Storm. Uh, That's Storm, the right choice. Yeah, Storm from the X-Men. I mean, I feel like as soon as I came up with this list, her name came to me probably within like 0.5 seconds. It's just like, there's no way I make a list like this and don't include Storm. The goddess of the weather. I mean, she, I really, I mean, I have so much to say, but also don't have a lot. Like, I don't want to take up all the time, but whenever we get Storm in live action, like, I hope that they do her really well. And I can't wait to see the MCU's take on Storm. I mean, she's just, and I've mentioned it on a previous episode, but I mean, when Cyclops is out, she is the person who takes over the X-Men plenty of times. She is the go-to character because not only is she strong, she's also smart. Like she knows how to handle herself. She is one of the, she's an Omega level mutant. I mean, she is that powerful. And I just, and Storm, Storm is just so cool in every medium that you ever put on. Played by Holly Berry. She was cool. Only time she was really cool, I wasn't really feeling there, was on X-Men Apocalypse. But that movie had its own problems. But I said that wasn't her fault. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't her fault. And even even sometimes in the 92 X-Men, she was she was going out like a almost said a B-word. I that, also, yeah. a B-word. that also wasn't her fault. Like yeah. she she fell into the same trap that a lot of characters in her situation do. It's like she's incredibly powerful, and so they have to nerf her in some way. Yeah, but she was the first time I remember seeing that and like being pissed off about it. Yeah, because I was like, I know what she can do. Why the fuck is she cringing in a corner because she's trapped in an elevator or something? Like, use all right, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, Storm and also Storm is beautiful. I would say in all of her different like comic book outfits, if you see her, she has on. She always looks just amazing. Like no matter what she has on, some of my favorite looks when she had the mohawk. I love when she had that mohawk. That was like such a beautiful thing they did. But I mean, they've and it's just also kind of like I see a lot of people always talk about you know black women's hair. I would definitely say Storm. She has all different kind of hairstyles, and I feel like not one of them looks crazy. Like she looks good in all her hairstyles that I've ever seen her in. So I'm gonna say even in live action, like we've never seen her with the same hairstyle twice. Yeah. I mean, and that's very, that's very much on point for the character. So, and I can, and I, like I said, I cannot wait to see her in live action. And I hope they really do her well. Yeah. So. Good choice. She's definitely one of the best. Um, all right. Number two for me, as far as black wrestlers, I got to show love to my guy who's been doing it for a long time. He's probably one of the funniest, probably the funniest wrestler ever, our truth our truth has been doing it since feels like a long ass time. Uh, I know he's been in WWE since like, maybe like a wait or something like that. Like, but then, but even before that, he was in TNA, he was in some things before that, but bro, our truth is around so long, not because he's the greatest wrestler. He's, he was good. He was definitely in his heyday. 
especially actually he's been before that actually because I remember he was on the old like early 2000s The Rock uh remember the CD they came out with with all the theme songs and stuff and R-Truth's song was on there didn't The uh, Rock have a song about pie on there yeah he was on the cover of it yeah that's the one that had Triple H's uh new theme song on it and it had R-Truth's uh one um I didn't realize our truth had been around that long. Yeah, bro. Like, cause I remember we used to have a trampoline and we throw it on the cassette to make it our theme music. And some people would pick our truths. Um, cause he would get hype, he'd hype up the crowd and everything. And then he start rapping, uh, when he came out, but bro, like he's been around because early in his career, he was really known for his athletic ability. He was outstanding. The mic work was good, but it was mainly him just rapping. Right. Where later in his career, bro, dude, took over because he became so damn funny, bro. All right, so I'll give you two examples. So first one was, Brock, like, this is 2020, I think. Um, Brock Lesnar's champion. Brock, you know, big-ass Brock Lesnar, right? He got he got Paul Heyman with him. He's in the ring. He's talking. And our truth and this, this is right before the Royal Rumble is about to happen. Uh, it's like Royal Rumble is like a week away. Our truth comes out and is like, I know I'm an underdog. I know my opponent is big. I know that my opponent is, you know, very heavy and just, you know, it's going to be a very tall task, but I'm going to win this Royal Rumble and I'm going to beat my opponent. And then he's going on and on. Everybody's thinking, of course, he's talking about Brock Lesnar. Like Brock Lesnar is the champion. He's hilarious, he's big. And then he goes, yeah, I'm challenging you, Paul Heyman, for the, <laughs> at WrestleMania. And everybody's like, what the fuck? Like, and Paul Heyman's reaction is hilarious, bro. Like, everybody's like, wait, why the hell would you challenge Paul? He probably is not a wrestler, but he is big. He is large. Uh, like, everything he said was accurate. Uh, bro, even Brock Lesnar, who is very notoriously known as not a guy who, like, breaks character. Easy at all. Like, it takes a lot. Brock Lesnar just bust out laughing like he doesn't even try to hide it this is on national live tv and he's just like dying laughing because apparently they didn't tell brock this was happening this was uh between r-truth and paul Heyman came up with this with each other and didn't tell brock hilarious the funniest thing he ever did though was i forgot what year it was but it's the royal rumble it's like like 15 dudes in the ring they're going at it they're going at it. they're trying to win the championships i mean win the match they can go to wrestlemania and as you know royal rumble you got to you know, knock people over the top rope so they can be eliminated and hopefully you'll be the last one in the ring. And that's the stipulations of the match. That's it. Very clear. Our true music hit, he run, he sprints down. <laughs> he grabs a ladder under the mat under the uh under the ring, pulls out the ladder, throws it in, gets in the ring, sets gets the ladder up, sets it up real nice, climbs up, looks up, and there's obviously there's no title up there because <laughs> it's the Royal Rumble. He and, a table ladder chair match, huh? Yeah, like he thought it was a ladder match. And everybody's like, everybody, there's like 15 people in the ring. They all stop and don't even hit him. Like they all look at him like, what the fuck is this nigga doing? Like, what is he doing? And bro, the way he looked, <laughs> he was just like, like he looked like he came out there on a mission. He was like, bet, I'm coming out here. I'm about to throw his ladder in here. I'm about to climb up. Bro, look at him on YouTube. Hilarious. Like, our truth just the little bits that they allow him to do every time. He doesn't miss. So, I really want to show appreciation to R-Truth. He doesn't necessarily get all the love. People love him in the industry, but he isn't necessarily a household name. So, yeah, R-Truth uh, definitely showing some love to him.
Okay. Okay. Uh, I feel like, yeah, there's some other, again, the algorithm always knows what I like. And it showed me something that R-Truth did, and it was stupid and hilarious. Yeah. Dude um, dumb. <laughs> That's his bit. But uh, for the next uh, character uh, for a sitcom, I chose Troy from Community, played by Donald Glover. Oh, okay. So Troy is a young man who in high school was like, you know, a football star, like ready to go D1 college and, and ready to just be great, right? But he ends up having an injury. And so he loses his potential scholarship. Uh, we find out that he actually got injured on purpose because he wanted to get away from the pressure that was associated with being this, you know, highly skilled, sought after athlete. So he didn't want that pressure that was associated with being, you know, at the top, at that level, um, at this sport. Mm-hmm. And we see him kind of start the series attempting to be what he's supposed to be like a jock who is, you know, a bully and, you know, like he's trying to put on a facade that he is the stereotype that he's supposed to fit. And we watch him slowly accept and embrace the fact that he is a full nerd. Got it. And he, you know, becomes best friends with Abed. And that's kind of how that happens. And so I feel like that is, A, a very well-written character, but also super relatable. Oh, I know that, Jordan, you've talked about how you weren't allowed to be a nerd for a lot of your time growing up. And it wasn't until you got into college that you were like, oh, 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 this is this is fine. People do this. Yeah. And and I'm not being laughed at. Like, Mm -hmm. we can we can actually. Yeah. So he was a really well-written character, but I feel like there are a lot of people who needed him. I feel like there are a lot of people who didn't know it, but that had to you know accept that it's okay to be who you are and you don't necessarily need to you know put on this facade to be what you think people think you are supposed to be and because i thought it was weird that they had donald glover playing a kid that's what i'm thinking be an athlete that's what i'm thinking (laughs) he definitely don't look like an athlete but then whenever we got later i was like ah i see how we got here he's actually a nerd that's why it's him but um, I mean, he did a great job. I mean, he does. He's one of the people that can do everything. Right. Um, and the show took a hard decline when he left. Like it was not the same show when he left. But while he was there, it was great. And I think that he was a well-written character. I think he was an important character. And I think that there are a lot of people that don't realize how important he was. And I don't know how many people have seen Community. Um, Again, like, he's there for the first, I think, maybe four or five seasons. He left to go do Atlanta. So, like, I see why he left. But the show takes a hard dip in quality when he leaves. Like, it's noticeable. I would say Community is one of the ones that I I never did check out just because, I mean, no reason. Yeah, that's – and honestly, like, when he leaves, it's not the same – quality of show 
Like it's because a lot of shows that go on for long enough, there is like a noticeable dip in quality. And this is a really good example of like, there's like, you see it happen pretty immediately. Um, unfortunately, but his character is one of the better black characters in a non-black sitcom that I have seen. I didn't know. I didn't know. Any, I mean, like I haven't seen community. I always thought I might watch it, but I haven't seen it. But like that story arc is always, as we talked about on this podcast before, like that's a story arc that I always relate to. And like always, if I see anybody even trying to do that story arc, I always try to tap in. So I might have to check that out. Yeah, because it was, uh, you know, when the pandemic started and like we couldn't go anywhere, do anything. I watched yeah. it then. So I, gotcha. I powered through the entire show. Got it. Got it. Okay. Swish. Um, I mean, my next pick for comic book character. Um, I mean, I literally just, I literally just changed this on the fly just now. But I mean, I think this character is very relevant. Um, and is Miles Morales Spider Man, and I mean. The name alone, everyone who's probably listened to this podcast knows who that character is now. But just a few years ago, not a lot of people knew who that was. And that's because of the amazing you know, movie that came out. But I mean, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, he's completely different from what Peter Parker is. I mean, everyone knows Peter. Peter was created to be the character that everybody can relate to. But for Miles, this is a little bit different. Only a certain demographic of people can kind of see themselves within miles and and his, his spider-man power like it, another way he separates himself from peter i think which is pretty cool his venom shock i mean him able to charge electricity and basically you know create a shock through his hands that's a cool power that was like damn i bet spider-man is jealous of that one like he wish he had that one they love black people having electric powers uh that's true <laughs> that is true that storm got him you're right. Uh, name it. Miles, Miles got, it. got it. Yeah. You, I mean, you're right about that. And another power that separates himself from Peter is his ability to turn invisible. How clutch is that? I mean, that's that's a really good ability. I think um, Brian Michael Bendis, the creator of this Spider-Man, I think he did an excellent job, like really separating the two characters and who they are. And I'm excited to see everything that Miles is going to go through in the upcoming movie. I'm also excited to see if the MCU will ever take, well, not the, oh, is it Sony? Uh, I guess the MCU could do it, but I'll be excited to see if the MCU takes a crack at, you know, at, at doing Miles. They um, have lightly hinted at it. Yeah, what a character did you just mention, Donald Glover being his uncle. And we also did see his uncle in the um, Into the Spider-Verse movie. And mm -hmm. so, I mean, that was the same character. But yeah, I, I think I think Miles is by far becoming the most popular Spider-Man. Like I, I think Peter is Peter. I feel like Peter is going to always be that character. Like if Peter's at a ten, I think Miles is probably like at a at a solid like eight, eight and a half. Like I think he's catching Peter in terms of popularity. I don't think he'll ever pass Peter, but I mean he can be up there. So, and I realized, man, this list this list was real tough for me because I have so many black characters that I wanted to put on this list. Narrowing this down, I imagine, was very, very hard. Yeah. I just changed it on the fly. So, all right. Very nice. Brandon? My last one is Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks is more recent. Um, guys may, may not know her, but she's probably the best wrestler 
the best uh, women's wrestling in the world. Uh, she was in WWE for a while. Uh, she racked up all, every championship you can get. She kind of was weirdly kind of in the background, not the background, but she was like the, uh, the always the second best or third best, not necessarily in technical skills or character work, but for some reason they always put up Ronda Rousey or Charlotte or Becky ahead of her when she's probably a better wrestler than all of them. But the cool thing about Sasha is Sasha kind of, so back in the day, wrestling used to be very territory based. So you would just, instead of working for just one company, you'd take your, like Ric Flair would take his heavyweight belt and go to different territories. You go to Mid-South, you'd go to Tennessee, you go to, you know, Oregon, you go to Texas and he'd just take the belt and go travel different places. And it was kind of a, a kind of a mercenary sort of like independent contractor type of thing. And that doesn't really have, you don't see that much anymore in wrestling, especially women's like that's oh, yeah. just Vince not a thing. That off. Exactly. So the cool thing about Sasha is I think it was last year. She, she and Naomi, another black woman, great wrestler had the tag team championships and Vince wasn't prioritizing them. He was very much kind of like pushing them to the background. And Sasha, who's a Hall of Famer already, was kind of like, hey, I accepted to take this role so I could like move the women's tag team division up. Like I want to, you know, push it forward for the next generation. And so I think something happened where their segment was cut or something. So she just walked out. She was like, I'm done. And so she hadn't been seen up until I want to say December. And she she's no longer with WWE. She's now signed with New Japan, which is like it doesn't sound like a big deal if you don't know wrestling. But like that's huge as far as like women, usually the best women in the world always stay with WWE. They don't ever like travel to a bunch of different places. Mickey James did, but she's not that caliber of, of wrestler. Sasha's just some, Sasha's like a household name type. And so the fact that she's going to New Japan it's kind of a big deal in the fact that like now women can see that, okay, I don't have to just be pretty and work and just, you know, or if I'm a great wrestler, I have to go to WWE. Like now you can go to different places and you can kind of just travel around and just get the, get the bag. Whoever's willing to give you the most money, take it. And men been doing that for since the beginning of pro wrestling, but women for some reason haven't had the opportunity to do that. Now that we're in an era of women's wrestling is really good. I think now Sasha Banks will be the first, kind of the pioneer of women going to different areas, different territories, as they say, and different companies and just getting the bag, like for a one appearance or signing a long-term contract. It's up to her. But yeah, Sasha Banks, she also headlined WrestleMania last year with another black woman, Bianca Belair. They had a great match. Uh, They actually both like teared up at the beginning of the match when they rung the bell just because everybody in the arena like went crazy because they all recognized that like you never see two black women headlining a WrestleMania. You know what I'm saying? That just doesn't happen, unfortunately. So yeah, Sasha Banks, uh, a GOAT. Spencer? Okay. All right. Um, Possibly the GOAT in this category, uh, arguably. I gotta go George Jefferson in all in the family. There are a lot of people who did not know that George Jefferson started in All in the Family and was so good that he then spun off into his yeah. own show. So 
I believe George Jefferson, he either showed up in one episode or a few episodes, but there were, I, I remember a couple of conversations between George and Archie yep. uh, that were hilarious. But uh, yeah, George Jefferson did not take any of Archie's shit. Nope. <laughs> and, uh, it was it was great. I and again, he was so good that they were like, no, he needs his own show. And his him getting his own show may have been the plan all along, or they may have been like, he needs a show. Yeah, like right. these guys go. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I won't spend too long on it, but uh, because we all are pretty familiar with the Jeffersons because again, there's an entire show about them. That's multiple seasons and all that. So the, the Jeffersons, you know, George Jefferson has a successful dry cleaning business and they're moving on up. To the east side. <laughs> to the east side, so yeah. George Jefferson uh, moves away from Archie Bunker. <laughs> Honestly, like I think, I mean, it wasn't ahead of his time because that same issue was happening then, but Honestly, they had more shows like that where, like, conversations like that were had in a comedy setting, like on a sitcom. Like, that'd be huge, especially when we need that now. Oh, you yeah. Know? I mean, people are so damn safe now that you can't say anything. So, yeah, like, that That show is pivotal. I agree. I, and I don't, as a kid, I don't know why I was able to watch either one of those shows. Like, I had no idea what was even happening <laughs> in my mom's Good night, bro. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What it was. Nick, Nick at night, night put you like, on. Yeah, yeah. Nick at night is well, Nick at night is how a lot of uh, that's how I know about a lot of these shows because Nick at night is where I watched the Jeffersons. Yeah, um, Nick at night is how I watched all of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air because I had seen some episodes Same. here and there, but like I was able to watch all of it through Nick right. at night. Same. Uh, George Lopez. Yeah, we all we all like- woke up at two a.m. To George Lopez doing a splits. In yeah, he, that's what you made a joke the other day. On the I news. saw that. Like, yeah, seeing a lowrider <laughs> at 3 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. Um, I feel like Fox, too. Fox used to have, like, all kind of sitcoms on. After, like, was it Mad, Mad TV? It'd be, like, random sitcoms on after that. And it was just like, why am I, how am I able to even watch some of these? But, um, yeah, yeah, definitely, that's a really good choice. Yeah, like Norman Lear, he did a bunch of good shows because I don't know, like Norman Lear didn't have to do the Jeffersons and Sanford and Son and Good Times, but he did. Right. And so, and I think Norman Lear's still alive. I think he's, I think he's a full hunted and I think he's still alive. Okay. I mean, to end things... I was I, I'll do it I'll do it later. I'll go with I'll go with John Stewart. Um the greatest Green Lantern in my opinion. And some people might say just that's not an opinion, that's a fact. But I think John Stewart in every medium so far that we've seen on each of the different Justice League shows or Green Lantern shows, each time we've seen him, he has always been the standout Green Lantern. Even in the comics, from what I understand, he is always the standout Green Lantern. You can have your Hal, you can have your uh, uh, what's the other one's name? Uh, Guy Gardner. Yeah, Guy Gardner. You can keep your Guy Gardner. I'm going to take John. Yeah, Kyle Rayner. Yeah. I will say, like, I was a little bit salty when I found out that he wasn't the OG because he was my first Green Lantern, and so when I found out that like Hal was first, I was like, God damn it! I thought that we had done something. 
Yeah. 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 No, I mean, he is he's definitely the greatest Green Lantern, in my opinion. And it's going to be interesting with this whole new DC shuffle around and these new DC movies slated. This is the perfect time for them to introduce Jon Stewart and have him going forward as being the main Green Lantern in the DC EU. So. Yeah, because Hal had that whole parallax thing and fucked up. So yeah, John. Yeah, they have they have the TV show on the slate. It's going to be Hal and uh, John Stewart. See, that's maybe maybe Hal will die. Is that, that going to be a buddy cop situation or? Yeah. Uh, essentially, it's like a they said true detective space cop type of situation. Okay. Which I actually like both of them. I mean, obviously, if it's just John, I'm down, but. I feel like they would have some conversations that would be interesting. Like they ain't just about to just speak best buds. Yeah. You know? So, because um, John's pretty no nonsense. Yeah, exactly. Military. I mean, both sort of military, but yeah, definitely Howe's a little more. But Howe's like, jokey, jokey. Yeah. Well, Howe's like, yeah, definitely likes to have a good time. So, um, Spencer, do you have any honorable mentions? Uh, for, your, for your category, I was going to go Stanley from The Office. I love Stanley from The Office. Um, I, was say Winston. I was gonna say Winston from New Girl was my honorable mention. The reason I didn't go with Winston is because of Schmidt. Like Sh- Schmidt is too much. And I I couldn't because I like I like Winston and Coach, but Schmidt is just too much. And I love, I love Nick too. It is really they didn't miss on that show other than Jess. And I liked it at the end, but definitely was not my favorite. Um, and I was thinking about doing honorable mention to Rashida in uh, Parks and Rec, but again, like there were other characters that just outdid yeah. her. Yeah. So I get it. Uh, she was good, but like not not the best. Right, Brandon. What about you? Book of tea. Mine. Nah, I mean everybody knows book. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna go with the New Day. Um, I love those niggas so much. <laughs> yeah, New Day is outstanding. It's three individuals. They're one of the greatest tag teams. They all kind of share on who's the tag team, but they've racked up one of the greatest tag team runs ever. Um, they're Hall of Famers, and they're great because they're just three niggas having fun. Like they it's don't so funny, and they just they have a good time. Yeah, they just have a good time. Um, anytime, and, uh, anytime a joke is made about uh, white people just liking to see black people have fun. Yeah, like those three are who come to mind for me. Yeah, like those three just black. Like, just black men having a joyful time. It's outstanding. And actually, um, Jordan, you may know, but like, um, is it Woods? Um, I forgot his first name, his real first name. He's like a big video game guy. He's actually it's Xavier, isn't it? In yeah, the- Xavier Woods. Yeah. And he's big. He's kind of pushed the whole YouTube. He has a YouTube channel called Up, Up, Down, Down. It's a huge uh, YouTube know, channel for I just video games. About. Yeah. And WWE's like, like, oh, yeah, we're going to truly invest in that. So he's kind of changed the game as that is concerned, too. So, yeah, the new day. Okay. I mean, mine's real quick. Mine was, like I said, it was tough. I had a lot of names. Bishop from the X-Men. I I thought you, I'm Panther. surprised you didn't name Bishop. I, I really I really was going to do Bishop. but Was he who I you decided. swapped out for Miles? I did, yeah. Okay. I swapped him out for Miles. Um, I had Black Panther. I didn't really want to. Everyone knows Black Panther. I didn't really want to go with him. Um, also had Riri Williams, and we've started to see a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for me, I mean, this this category was tough. There was a bunch of characters I could have went. War Machine, like, yeah. It's a lot of them. Definitely yeah. a lot of them. So, 
Um, well, fellas, this is the end of Black History Month, but you know, we make Black History every day. Mm. So, amen. Be sure and you know, let us know how black and beautiful we are. You know, you can do that <laughs> by following us on Twitter at the LMG Podcast. Uh, let us know how melanated we are in the Facebook group, the League of Melanated Gentlemen, uh, make League of Melanated Gentlemen podcast, and also subscribe to us on YouTube. So, um, yeah, we out. Thank <laughs> you.